Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jan Price Show, and today my guest is director Mick Davis, but he, has, he wears many hats besides being a director. Welcome to the show, Mick. Thanks for having me, Jan. It's lovely having you here. Yes, you're a writer, a novelist, a playwright, a producer. You, you are many, many hats. Yeah, and I'm not a bad cook either, so that helps. <laughs> oh, good. I'll be over. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And to, we're going to talk about your brand new movie, uh, My Dad's Christmas Date, starring Jeremy Piven. Uh, it is adorable. It's an adorable um, movie for this time of year, obviously. How did you get involved in this particular project? You've been involved in so many things. There's so many wonderful things to talk to you about. But how did you get involved in this particular project? Uh, it was last year, uh, around last summer, and I got a call from my producer, Philippe Martinez, who I'd uh, worked with in the past. We'd known each other for 20 years. We did a movie together called Modigliani with Andy Garcia. And he called me up and he said, listen, you want to do a Christmas movie? And he had no idea that that was in my bucket list. So I was so excited. And I said, uh, well, can I read the script? You know, trying to be professional. And then I also <laughs> said, but yes, you know, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so, uh, so I, you know, I got the script. I was delighted with it. And then that was it. That was it. <laughs> All right. So what, uh, how did you get involved with, how did you cast this movie? Jeremy Piven, we haven't seen in the movies in a while. Um, he's well known from Entourage, obviously, for all those Entourage fans. So how did the casting go about? Uh, it, you know, it's sometimes it's fate. You know, you get the, the right person because I think it was Martin Scorsese said that 95% of making a movie is about casting it right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, your first thought about Jeremy Piven uh, in, as, you know, playing a dad in a Christmas movie, that, that's not your first thought because you're thinking Ari Gold, right? Right. Uh, but then uh, I got on the phone with a guy and and I was talking to him and we had such a sweetness on the phone and I thought, well, they, I know this guy has a terrific range as an actor. He's also a brilliant comic Mm-hmm. Uh, which is great for me because we needed to have some more laughs because the script had all the right emotional buttons, but we needed more comedy in it. And you just know that when you're on the floor with a guy like that, he's just going to bring you stuff that you would never get from some other people. So uh, we uh, we had the chat and then I got off the phone and I said to Philippe, this this is the-. and and that was it. And then the next thing we know, he's on a plane and he's over in England. And that again, everything moved rather quickly for you. In this, yeah. the 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 young actress that plays his daughter, Olivia Mai Barrett, she yeah. is absolutely wonderful. How did you? Is she has she been in an, uh, many other things prior to this movie? I think uh, I think Olivia had a Disney show that I think it was shot in Rome, in Italy. I may be wrong about that, but I think that's what she did previously, and she did a couple of other things. But I got to tell you, when she came in to meet me. Uh, and this may sound like a big leap here, but she reminded me of a young Jodie Foster. Ah, okay, yeah. She had such an intelligence about her, but also her response mechanism was so great. And I thought, wow, I could just see her and, and uh, Jeremy Piven going at it with one another. You know, the way some teenage daughters do with their, their fathers. I have personal experience with that. So 
so and and you know after the conversation with her it, it was the, I thought to myself geez who does she remind me of and then I went back to to you know Jodie Foster and before even obviously before Taxi Driver when she did the Bugsy Malone thing with Alan Parker and all that stuff and I thought God you know she's got such an ability this girl and uh, and then we signed her up right away because we knew that she had a lot of heat around her mm. and uh, we wanted to get her quickly and and that became the perfect combo it really is their their chemistry as uh, father and daughter are, are just absolutely wonderful and that's obviously the whole crux of the movie as you said 95% is the right casting in the film so our listeners know a little bit of the synopsis of this movie do you want to let our listeners know what it's this movie's about oh, my father I'm good at writing 120 pages but I'm also <laughs> trying to sum up something in a couple of sentences but let me try okay so the idea is is that uh, Jeremy plays David and uh, Olivia plays Jules and uh, Jules lost her mom two years previously in, uh, in a terrible accident and they've both been uh, lamenting badly uh, and they can't connect they don't know how to connect and so Jules and her friend conjured up this idea look here's the thing if I can get my father out of this funk that he's in it would probably make me feel a lot better and the friend suggests well why don't we set him up on a date and of course she signs him up for all these dating sites and every single date ends up hilarious and it ends up a total failure and then when the father finds out that's when the trouble begins what the daughter's been up to so does that help did I do <laughs> great <laughs> great job I really did well it's a it's as I said it's 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 just a fun little Christmas movie but you know it's not what it so often when we have Christmas movies you know they're either really sap or they're very um they're just stupid <laughs> you know they yeah. don't have much going for them you can and, say that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'll try to avoid saying that, but you can say that. But I, I agree with you, know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one doesn't. This one is really very good, um, and it, it, it because it doesn't. It, it's not maudlin. Um, yes, you know she's lost her mother. He's lost his wife, but it doesn't go into maudlin territory. It doesn't go into slapstick, even though all the dates are fun um, and funny. Uh, they, it, it's, it's, which is great. And again, that's to Jeremy Piven's uh, credit as an actor that it doesn't get into, you know, again, that sort of slapstick, you know, way yeah. that movies can get into. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's very entertaining. And I think it, it's definitely a family film that um, at, at Christmas time, which we're all looking for something to watch. I highly recommend that you find my dad's Christmas date because it, it, it is fun and the whole family could thoroughly enjoy it. Adults as well as the, as children can enjoy this. You've got a great cast, Jolie Richardson, who has just always been one of my favorites. Um, how did you attract her to this project? Uh, that, that's, that's a great one. Jolie is, I mean, obviously she comes from acting royalty. Right, she her does. Mom is the great Vanessa Redgrave, who I would love to work with. So mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's listening who knows Vanessa. I've already, <laughs> I've already put the word out with Jolie, so keep your fingers crossed. And then I, I, I will, I will. I, I did um, interview Franco Nero. Oh, yeah. Vanessa's, uh, I think she's married. Husband. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've yeah, been yeah, married for quite a while now. Yeah, yes. yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And she was in the background when we were doing the interview because she had to set things up. <laughs> 
she's, uh, she's a, I mean, I've never met Vanessa, but for jo- as, as far as Jolie goes for the movie, she read the script. She lives in London. She loved the idea of a Christmas movie that had a little edge to it mm-hmm. because it had a lot of reality in it. And the funny thing is the day that she turned up on the set to come and meet me because she agreed to do the movie on that. And also we had a chat, her and I. And then uh, I'm sitting in a chair and I'm talking to Piven and we're setting up for the next shot. And uh, I see this lady this with this long blonde hair and she's she's walking through everybody and she's going, I'm looking for Mick, I'm looking for Mick. And she turns and it's Jolie. And I stood up and I went, oh my God, uh, I, I never expected you today. She said, I just wanted to come and say hi and introduce myself, you know, person to person. And uh, But she was so natural because you're thinking, you know, somebody like that is going to glide in the room. And one mm-hmm. touch more. And uh, and then she she was giggling and she said to me, Do you mind if I do it in a northern accent, you know, with a bit of a Yorkshire twang to it? And uh, and I, I said to her, How can I resist that? <laughs> <laughs> and then she started speaking with a Yorkshire accent for the rest of our conversation. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, man, she has the tap. She can turn it on, turn it off so beautifully. And she was, it was just a, it was a joy. It was another one of those things. It's like in the past, having worked with people that I love and admire, and then I get a chance to work with Jolie. It was so much fun. Oh, yes. I, 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 she was just, she, and she's just lovely, funny in this movie. She's very, she's very, very good in this movie. You filmed this, did you film it in York? I know it takes place in York, but did you film it in York? Yes, we shot it in York. Uh, I, I mean, I've, you know, for the folks listening to the show, when all this sadness and madness is over, if you get a chance to go over to England, you've got to visit York. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a Roman town. It has a wall, a Roman wall around the town. Wow. And cobblestone streets everywhere, and most of the buildings are three hundred years old. Mm. And uh, and it's just a spectacular place to make a Christmas movie. And of course, we shot before Christmas of last year, so we managed to capture all the uh, the bells and whistles that you would get in a, a town like that. And also, the energy of the place is phenomenal. You know, which is very important if you're doing a, a Christmas movie. I think because a lot of the times these movies are contrived. You know, the Christmas movie is kind of forced on you mm-hmm. and they bring in bags of you know whatever soap powder as snow uh, but we the energy isn't there and the energy for this was definitely there because you can you can see it in the people's faces and you can see it you know it's in the DNA of a town like that so I was very fortunate to shoot in a location such as York did you shoot shoot it through the, the Christmas season last year or prior to or yes prior to so so in the first couple of weeks of December of 2019 we shot a lot of stuff and then Jeremy got over in the January so I think it was the second week of January and we picked up so we broke for the holidays and then we picked up in the middle of January and got through the rest of the movie and right, uh, so which was mostly interior stuff anyway so that was Great. Which right before the pandemic really hit, right. so you were yeah. able to get it in. Yeah. Wow. How lucky, how lucky were we? Yeah. Very lucky, very lucky. Well, that's the the, the the setting of this movie. I mean, it, the um, set design and the cinematography and the music, the music's really fun too. Um, you know, I don't know what it is. And I don't know if everybody feels this way, but I certainly do. I mean, anything to do with England, I absolutely love any part of England, Scotland, you know, uh, uh, Wales, uh, England, Ireland. And it reminds me, it always has reminded me of Christmas. So for this movie to be set 
over there. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite movies is The Holiday. I have to watch it every year. Oh, I have to. Yeah, it's a great yeah. movie. Yeah, and Love Actually, they're always on my Christmas list. I have to watch those during the holiday season. So, uh, obviously, both of them being set in England. Um, so this is it's the it is it's such a beautiful little village, beautiful area. So, did you did you have had you chosen that way in advance or did you scout different locations? How did that all come about? Well, obviously you're, you're scouting out for, you know, because you're, you're, you know, you've got to work off the script and what's, what's best for the scenes that you've got to shoot, obviously. And when it came to when it came to that town and what we needed to shoot, seriously, you could point a camera in any direction. And it would work for you. That was the beauty of it because there was there's no real sort of ugly structures that you want to avoid and stuff because the, York is 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 uh, very protected by by uh, the uh, institution of of the British government and you know the uh, heritage of the British government because everything there is was either built by the Romans or in medieval times. And uh, and Georgian houses and stuff like that, Victorian mansions. So they're all protected by the heritage. So really, the locations were never a problem for us. But we had a couple. We I think we had one build in the entire movie, which was just Jules's bedroom, and and then the rest was was actual practical locations, which was great. So we never had any issues when it came to to finding anything we needed in terms of location. I'm so happy to hear that because so often you think, is this actually what the town looks like, or did they build this? Did they build this particular set? So it, it is a picture postcard. To, to York, it really is, and it's just, it's just it's, because it's part of the character of the film. As far as I, you know, for me, it was it was just the, the beauty of the area, and um, yeah, it's just it's just gorgeous. It really is. Very, what was the most it's very Dickensian because I'm a, my my favorite writer is is Dickens, mm-hmm. and yes. it, it, it had had a very Dickensian feel, and it does. Even whenever you're there, because I was, I went back there for another thing. So it it has that Dickensian magic about it, you know. Yes. London, because London has become such a metropolis now, and it's kind of some of. It, I mean, London's beautiful, but I can imagine when Dickens used to stroll around the streets at night time, coming up with ideas, what it must have been like then. Well, that's what York is like now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to put it. It really is. What was the most difficult part of shooting this? God, I'd be—I'd have to make something up to answer that question. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, really, truthfully, there was no there was no difficulty because I'd, you know, the, the actors came in with the sleeves rolled up, and you know that old saying, "They left nothing." You know, in the terms of the golf analogy, uh, Piven or Olivia, they left nothing in the bag. I mean, they brought everything. Uh, and the idea, I think, is, you know, I've I had the, the great opportunity to watch directors at the beginning of my career and study a lot from various people. And I learned that if you create a happy atmosphere, especially with something like this, a Christmas movie, then you'll get, you'll get a better response and you'll get more in return. So my idea throughout the entire shoot was to keep everybody happy I played music in between setups. Uh, I made sure that everybody had, uh, you know, a smile on their face and and they were enjoying the work. And then when it came to the the big emotional moments, 
you have to bring it down and let the actor do their thing. So it was really just, you know, juggling, you know, the balls in the air. But, uh, you know, there was nothing I ever came across in this process that was difficult. It's nice to hear. So often there's some obstacles that take place when you're filming, and it's nice to know that you didn't have too many of those. You have worked with some absolutely amazing actors. Uh, you've had quite a wonderful career. Um, worked with some of my favorites. Um, tell me, Richard Harris. Richard, uh, Richard Harris, the great Richard Harris, I, whom I adore. What what movie did you direct him in, and 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 what was that like directing I him? On a, I didn't direct Richard, but I I wrote a movie for him called My Kingdom, which was a contemporary version of King Lear. And the the connection with Richard was we'd always wanted to, Richard reached out to me because he'd read a script of mine about Dorian Gray and Oscar mm. Wilde, uh, the Oscar Wilde novel. And uh-huh. he read it and he loved it so much. And, of course, Richard was Irish. Mm-hmm. And he invited me to London to, from L.A. And they said, come and see me at the Savoy Hotel, which is, you know, undoubtedly one of the best hotels in the world. So yes. I, never went, I never went there to see him. He ended up getting me a room there for like two months. And then I discovered that Richard had lived at the Savoy since 1967. Wow. So then I spent all these time, and he became my mentor, and I, and I would just I'd walk around with him. We'd go to various locations that Oscar Wilde lived at. We, we visited a few Irish pubs, I must tell you. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and he would just talk to me about the business, and um, I'd met Peter O'Toole a couple of times through Richard. And uh, and he really, it was an education for me. And he was just, I mean, the most incredible man. You could men- you could pick anything from Shakespeare at any part of any play, any sonnet, and he could, he could give you an immediate response, word for word. That's how great he was. And then wow. on top of that, he had a great personality because he's Irish. So mm-hmm. he, he could mm-hmm. mesmerize you with his conversation. And sadly, I lost him, you know. Yes. Yeah. I can imagine. He, I, I can't imagine just sort of sitting there and, you know, listening to his many stories. What a wonderful, wonderful treasure uh, trove he is, I'm sure, oh, of stories God. or was. You know, I have you, his letters. He wrote me many letters, and I have all of his letters, and I kept them. And uh, sometimes I just read them just to it's uh, it's really good to go back and think about the times I had with them, you know, except one time we had bad oysters. I won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> How wonderful that he wrote you letters and that you have them and that you can go back and reminisce. Yeah. Have you ever- yeah, yeah. But the comedy is he was writing letters next door. He was in the other, he was in the, the room next door to me and he was writing a letter <laughs> and slipping them under my door. So, <laughs> <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> he could have just knocked and said, "Hey, let's have a conversation." But being the man that he was, you know, he was he was of that old school, and he, you know, he liked to put pen to paper, and it was just beautiful to. I mean, I still have them, so I treasure them. You know, how wonderful! How yeah. wonderful! Well, Rod Stewart was instrumental yeah. in your career. Tell tell me a little bit about Rod Stewart and how he influenced your career. Rod, uh, Rod, I, I used to be a fitness coach with a soccer team in Scotland, which a lot of the soccer fans listening to the show, they will know of Celtic Football Club. 
which is, you know, it's been around since the 19th century. It's, a, it's my club and I've supported all my life. And I was lucky enough to, to be their fitness coach. And Rod is a big Celtic fan. Whenever you see Rod on stage, he always has a green and white scarf on and the drum skin has Celtic Football Club insignia on it. So he's a fanatic. And he would come occasionally to, to watch games at Celtic Park, which he still does. And I grabbed him one time and just asked about, you know, uh, what's it like over there? I'd love to get over there and make movies. And he said, yeah, if you go over, you let me know. So I, I decided one morning I left Celtic. I just turned up in L.A., and I thought, I'll give it six months. And I reached out to him through a mutual friend. And I ended up coaching his soccer club here. It was called The Exiles. And, uh, and training Rod personally uh, at his house. And he introduced me to people who introduced me to more people. And, uh, and, it, and it really was uh, between him and Mickey Rourke. They were the two people that got my career up and running for me. So I'm eternally grateful to both of them. You know, and Rod never sang for me though because he needs to be paid to sing. So <laughs> now you, you, Mickey Rourke, you've done some work with him, uh, a, yeah, a couple yeah. of movies with him, right? And you have another one coming up that you're working on, yeah. And with Andy and Andy Garcia, and yeah. and Andy Mark Garcia said that Mick Davis is my Scorsese. That's quite a compliment. Yeah, I don't know if he was drunk when he said it, but. <laughs> It was on the set of Modigliani, which is very close to Andy's heart because, you know, he got to play the role of one of the greatest painters of the 20th century. And I directed him in it and I also wrote the script. And we were were shooting this big, massive scene inside an old French bistro thing that we had uh, built in uh, Romania where we shot the movie. And uh, and then at one point in the middle of the scene, just we were waiting for another setup, and he just came over to me and he said, "He said you, you're my Scorsese. I found my Scorsese," which was quite an emotional thing. You know, I had to hold it together. I had about two hundred extras there for this scene, and so much so that we became great friends. And uh, and any time I write anything at all, he'll always say me, you know. Send it to me first. Don't send it to anybody else. And I wrote this uh, script called The Sculptor, which he is going to star in. It's about the life of uh, Constantine Brancusch, who was a great sculptor, who was Peggy Guggenheim's uh, lover and uh, was also friends with Rockefeller, who financed his career. And uh, Mickey will play the king of the gypsies in that script. So my relationship with Mickey goes back to the very beginning where he met with me when I used to ride a Harley-Davidson motorcycle and God forgive me, it was before helmet law and I would never wore a helmet. Wow. And uh, in any case, uh, Mickey and I, would we ran into each other and someone had given him a script of mine and he read it and he asked to meet me. And uh, because we had a couple of things in common, he said, uh, I want you to write, uh, rewrite this script for me. And then I came in and rewrote it and he loved it. And then he said, okay, you and I are going to work together. And it was like 10 years of just going to make his place and sitting there every day and just I'm, I'm thinking to myself the Pope of Greenwich Village you know Rumblefish nine and a half weeks and then when it came to sequel for nine and a half weeks he told the producer I'm not doing it unless you hire Mick Davis to write it and that's the kind of guy he is you know wow wow uh, what a great you, yeah. you great you've I could listen to you for hours you've, you've worked with some of the the greats and uh, so I'm, I'm sure you have lots and lots of stories. I'd love to have you come back on the show when you for your next film. 
So people can find my dad's Christmas date. It's on demand right now, correct? So it's available everywhere at this point. So it's a great Christmas movie. I highly recommend it uh, for the entire family. My dad's Christmas date starring Jeremy Piven. Thank you so much, Mick, for being on the show. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for having me, John. I had a great time. Wonderful. Have a great holiday season. And happy holidays to you and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. Thank you. You you can listen to The Jam Price Show whenever and wherever at thejampriceshow.com and on the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Jam Price Show and like The Jam Price Show on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.